Hey, everybody. It's Thursday, and it's time for another Kingdom of Loathing radio show. Heck yeah. I just farted. Sorry, Riff. Wait, no. I'm not sorry to Riff. I'm sorry to Hot Stuff. <coughs> it's okay, because I, I farted earlier, and you didn't notice, uh, and I think you will soon. <laughs> also, I'm Chick, uh, covering up the hole in my beer. <laughs> so, and uh, how's it going, fellas? <laughs> it's, it's going well. It's good. It's going well. I'm I'm hot stuff. I bet you're glad you're in Arizona right now, huh, Riff? Uh, as compared to what? As compared San to Francisco, fart, where fart all Francisco. the farts are. <laughs> yeah, San Francisco is what they call it. Huh. San Francisco was the patron saint of farts. Yep. Later, that well, got perverted into him being the patron saint of beans. butts. Oh, and beans. Okay. And rice. In uh, rice in high school, runny. I took Latin. In high school, as my foreign language because you know. Nerd. Yeah, and, uh, I was just going to say, because you're a nerd. <laughs> you went to Jesuit school. I did go to Jesuit school, so it made a little more sense. But uh, we had to do reports in class on various things, and we chose to do a report on the Pythagoreans um, because they had an aversion to beans. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I remember hearing about that, I think. And, I, yeah, that, that's the only thing I remember about them, and I just thought it was funny. Hmm. They had very, they had, I mean, they had a bunch of very specific, like, dietary restrictions and stuff like that. But the fact was that it to had, avoid farting? Was this like, I a don't ke- know. Was this like a Kellogg but thing? But it might have been. They, were like, they, yeah. also, they also did a bunch of enemas and colonics and stuff. Possible. Yeah, tr- they ate a lot of fiber. Triangle enemas. Was Kellogg, was Kellogg a, like a, I don't Lunatic? know, sanatorium? Yeah. Sanitarium? Yeah. Before yeah. it was a cereal? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the whole thing with his cereal was this is to clean out your butthole. Huh. Okay. <laughs> you're, not supposed to, you're not supposed to put it in your mouth. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the special part of Special K is special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, guys, are you ready to do a Kingdom of Loathing radio show? Should we restart recording? It's what we're here for. Yeah. Well, I guess ready as I'll ever be, right? That was a that was a funny joke. Is that is it was that joke that you made, Riff, that you're never ready? Or that you're ever ready? Like batteries? Uh yes. I don't know. Riff, how many hours have you been awake? <laughs> um I had about an hour and a half nap a couple hours. Well, about an hour ago, and prior to that. Oh, it was mm, I was probably up for maybe 24 hours ish good are you uh like are that. you tripping balls riff <laughs> not not i'm not quite that far gone but i'm probably not going to be particularly coherent okay how about some radio bugbear questions sure is that a thing that you could be incoherent at i thought you were asking how long he'd been awake like in like, your life, how much hours of the course of my awake. life, hours yeah. logged awake. Just do a slash played riff and, and just read us <laughs> oh, the output. What do I type it, it on? Uh, your soul. Oh. Nick Knack writes. Thanks for answering. Less than three of the game. The amazing Mr. Toothpaste writes. After I break the prism in Jarlsberg, the king congratulates me for laying the smackdown on that skank. Is he talking about Clancy or Boris? Both. Uh, the Reaper says. I also I love that King Ralph calls Boris a skank when he is deprismed. Did we? Change that in previous. Paths. I don't know. Huh. I, I yeah. Okay. I don't think that's been changed in any of them. I mean the uh, the zombie path had like an epilogue, but other than what that, what was the boss in the zombie path? Was it still the sorceress? It was um, 
the first two iterations of the sorceress and then uh, the necromancer dude. Oh, oh, right. Okay. So that one still made sense. Actually, in, that's the thing. In both of them, you fought the sorceress. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, only in this path do you just go straight to Boris. Uh, ben Hen says, I'd like to add a question to the radio question queue. What kind of bandwidth should we be looking to constrain our bots to? Many thanks. Generally... One, one request every 10 seconds. Yeah. Like, I was just going to say every few seconds rather than a specific guy, but is that the, is that the specific uh, that's what answer? I, that when I notice a bot that is beyond those constraints, that is what I ask them to throttle it back to. Yeah. And, and I, when they say, well, can I do that many per day but all in one hour, I'm like, could you please limit it to one every 10 seconds for real in real life? Yeah. Not it. Like, not what, yeah. So, so we typically, like, if it is making one, and, you know, the weird thing is a normal player makes way more than one request every well, 10 seconds. Sure. But they only do it for the, the hour that, that they're, they're playing, play. yeah, not right, right. all day, every day. Yeah. So, so yeah, one request every 10 seconds, please. Yeah. That, that's, that's sort of a nice, a nice threshold. And that was the Radio Bugbear questions, and that's our show, everybody. Yay, I can go to bed. Man, Video Games Hot Dog is going to be fucking terrible. <laughs> I mean, more terrible than usual. Uh, okay, so then there is a... Uh, pardon me, there's a forum thread. We drank, we drank some beer. We yeah. ate some San Francisco sausages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what they call the sausages at the San Francisco sausage restaurant. Oh. Riff, you got to come out here sometime and go to the sausage restaurant. Okay. It's pretty delicious. Double Gold says, upgrade old Volleycons and Ferrycons. The past two years, the new Volleycons and Ferrycons were able to do something extra. They drop items. Why not upgrade the older Volleycons and Ferrycons so that they also drop items as well, such as candy or crappy or decent food or attack enemies for a small amount of damage, say five to ten every five rounds of combat. Otherwise, older Volleycons and Ferrycons are obsolete compared to the newer ones, other than using them for purposes such as 90 to 100% familiar runs or something else. Uh, make older fairy and volleycons do something extra so they aren't obsolete compared to the newer ones. I don't think that that's necessary. Yeah, I mean that's not our that's not our goal. You know, in in a lot of ways, the purpose of those familiars was just to be another familiar to collect, right? It wasn't until the sort of like fundamental shift in the way that we approach those things that I was afraid was going to be really controversial, but was not at all controversial. And we also. Like we've been, it's the things that are extra are pretty small and subtle. I mean, like the the extra free rests or whatever is has more gameplay. Well, but the content of the human is not subtle or small. No, not the content, I guess, but the uh, the, like the, the, me- the the mechanical differences in using the actual familiar. The frog that could like. breathe underwater, right? Like that was that was a an improvement over a previous two mystery familiar, but it was just thematic and not. You know, not because it was, we're trying to make it better, right? Yeah. Uh, hmm. Request, says Grimmy. Would it be possible to get used copies of skill books for skills that we learned before the skill book revamp came out? One of the things holding me back from ascending on an alt is that I have skills I learned from skill books and don't want to have to get new copies of those books to relearn them again. I... D- and also, would it be possible to do something like that with skills gotten from items, like the Meteoroid skill, make it a distant memory of a skill until you decide to permit from Big Al's? Never hurts to ask, unless your question is, what does the shiny red button do? <laughs> this is a very similar question to that, though, which is just going to... The answer is, leave that alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Shh. I mean, my, my response would be, perm 
the most difficult of those to get and then yeah spend your next ascension like instead of sitting there not ascending for four months spend that four months farming the meat that it will take to get all those skill books in the mall yeah you know yeah um or farm a whole bunch of extra karma somehow and then ascend and perm them all at once huh that isn't a real thing uh, Cannonfire40 says, favorite variety of invading bugbear? I don't remember what the different varieties of bugbear were. The spider one was fun to draw. Uh, That's a good question. I don't, I don't remember. The surgical, yeah. the surgical bugbears were cool. I still haven't done a bugbear run. So there's the, let's see. There's a lot of bugbears in this game. Scavenger bugbear, hypodermic bugbear, bat bugbear, bugbear scientist, black ops bugbear, battlesuit bugbear type, ancient unspeakable bugbear, trendy bugbear chef, anesthesiologist bugbear, bugbear robosurgeon, spider bugbear, bugbear mortician, bugbear drone, liquid metal bugbear, bugbear captain, angry cave bugbear. <laughs> That's a lot of bugbears. That is a lot of bugbears. Uh, the mortician is pretty cool because he's got a tie and a surgical mask. Yeah. I like that. I kind of like the robosurgeon even though that's not really a bugbear. It's the one I like, even though it's also not really a bugbear. It's, he's cool looking. He's, uh, w- when, I, when I drew him, I was thinking about that thing that Paul Mwadib fights at the beginning of oh. David Lynch's <laughs> Dune, which was like super, super resonant for me as a kid. Like a machine with a bunch of different blades and shit right. flying out of it like that you fight to train. Like that seemed really cool. But oh, what bothered me I thought you were talking about the Hunter Seeker thing. Oh, no, 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 no. That was that stuck with me too, though. That whole was, movie was really, like, evocative and very, uh, like, very poignant in some ways. Like, just like either a bunch of visual images that I have, the like, the shields and the like. Yeah. 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 Like the floating fat man. Yeah, the floating fat man. Mm-hmm. Tongue of the fat man. Maybe that's a different thing. I never did play Tongue of the Fat Man. Um, yeah, so my, the mortician. Uh, then maybe they weren't the invading ones, so they were just in the ship. Because there were like the wandering ones too, right? And yes. I don't really remember. I don't remember how that worked. I remember there was a Keotron. Right. That was pretty good. Um, Red Minjo says In radio shows, you keep on being confused about what knowing Phylum would be useful for. In addition to the clip art bombs, there's also at least the medium siphon spirits power. I, no, I mean, I, I know what. I know why you would want to know it. I remember the things that we have done that indicate it. What is confusing to me is why there is any confusion about what phylum any particular monster is, because they seem like totally, they seem totally clear to me. Hmm. Although there's a difference. The difference between between elemental and construct. Well, yeah, and sometimes there's some weird ones. Like I had to. Well, yeah. I had to try and figure out what a (laughs) what a leech would be today, and I ended up making it a making a no. I made it a I made it a bug because the fancy bath slug is a bug for some reason. Oh, huh. Okay. Well, that's probably because somebody else made that decision instead of me. No, it probably was me. I think it was you. <laughs> I think I did go through all the, I think we were in San Diego when I went through all those in that place where there was dog pee all over the roof. Right. That was gross. And then they put that sign up that was like, please don't let your dog piss and shit here. Yeah. And I wanted to put up <laughs> please another sign. Please don't contaminate like, our fuck, stash of why dog Why the pee? fuck did somebody need to make a sign to tell you this? <laughs> like, 
And then somebody else had to make a sign that was like, why did he have to make a sign that accused you of not knowing why you needed to not know this thing? Um, anyways, is adding the monster's elemental type to Manuel out for similar reasons? I think it'd be helpful to newer players if you would add that. On a related note, is there anything in the game that tells you the elemental rock, paper, scissors? There's not. Hmm. Um, but that said, it it is really only a bonus except in the cases that are pretty obvious, right? Like, you cannot cast a fire spell against a monster that is made out of fire, for instance. It does very little damage right. against it. Everything else is either going to be normal damage or double damage, and you don't need to know that. It's just a, a, like, I feel like it's fine if that's a way in which the game surprises you with a system that doesn't need to be explicitly spelled out. Hmm. Because, generally... You're just doing physical damage. You might not know that certain monsters are sleazy. Yeah. For example. It, you know, it used to be the case that all of their attacks did that kind of damage. So you could just tell. Right. But when we added individual attack messages, we also added individual attack elements. Actually, I think that might have been added after. Because mm. some of them were stopping to make sense. Um and I don't always remember when I make an elementally aligned monster to make its attacks. I mean, I, I often don't write them because I just say, Scully, Scully write yeah. these. He, will, he does primarily physical stuff, but he will mix in other attacks. I feel like hot gets overrepresented because it's easy to write hot attacks for some yeah. reason. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not against adding those things. Jamelli did a mock-up of... A, like Interface. an iconic view yeah. yeah but there was and then initiative didn't have a an icon yeah we could um we could just make that a bunch of different clocks set to different times or we could make it like dudes moving ever so slightly faster <laughs> oh yeah yeah it could just be different icons that was a dude still a stick figure in two different blurry. places and it would flicker back and forth faster depending on the monster's initiative or yeah it could be like just like like crystal sharp versus totally blurry and like some gradation in between right i guess you are right that the phylum differentiation between dude and pirate is not necessarily <laughs> i mean the the humanoid ones is the one that i think could potentially like once you know that there is a pirate one then you're like okay all, all pirates should be pirates sure and hippie but yeah the dude the dude <laughs> they're being a dude and a pirate and a hippie like that's the thing that i think yeah. is funny oh and that but i mean it makes that sense. elves only refers to crimbo elves and pork elves are dudes <laughs> well yeah that, yeah because because they, they smash into peppermint paste oh yeah i mean it totally it totally makes sense you know once you understand that but it's a surprising thing to discover the first time no uh, what are the odds, says Stumps McGee, uh, that one day we'll get a challenge pack with new quests, but you have to be Boris or Jarlsberg or Sneaky Pete? Uh, zero? Yeah. That's, yeah, there's not going to be any more wait. challenge paths where you're Boris, I don't think. Yeah, wait, so, like, the idea, the idea would be that there would be a new challenge path that you would pick one of Boris, Jarlsberg or Sneaky Pete to be in. And then there's new quests. During it? Yeah, huh. Hmm. That's, I guess that's kind of an interesting idea, right? Because we've already laid all the groundwork for ha for playing as Boris or Jarlsberg or Sneaky Pete. Yeah. yeah. The leaderboards would be but all they're more about they are more about being themselves than about being in a different place. Sure. Right? Um, 
So if you could snap your fingers and have one challenge path, world event, clan dungeon, or system revamp, what would you choose? Ah, fucking clan dungeon. Like, clan dungeon is clearly the thing that we should be doing all the time and the only thing that we should ever be working on. You think so? Yeah. Huh. It makes people happy, it brings old players back, it gets people engaged, and it increases the amount of money that we earn. Like, it is... A so, fucking so everyone wins. Everyone wins. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's it's, yeah. Uh, also, just wanted to say, having a gelatinous cubling is great. Thank you so much for making a game where that can happen. Aww. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Uh, slash Kamai says, "Hey guys, loving Yarlsberg's pan. First off, looking forward to being able to play a Sneaky Pete's avatar. However, I was wondering if you plan for other items of the month for past runs like Zombie Slayer or Way of the Surprising Fist. We didn't really do a Way of the Sur- you know we did. The clip art tome was sort of there was oh, that right. stuff in it that was designed All explicitly to ex- uh, appeal to Way of the Surprising Fist, but also it just appealed to everything all the time yeah. by being crazy overpowered. Sure, uh, uh, clip art is OP because of the way it pronounces burden." <laughs> Sandwich Dew says, hey guys, on the February 28th show, you mentioned giving monsters a mysticality stat and debating whether to link it to the monster's attack or defense. Instead of those, how about having the monster's mysticality linked to their initiative? Since initiative has been a somewhat important stat for Age of Jarls Barkley, I think it would be interesting to link those two values for the monsters. I have no idea if this would be feasible, but I hope it's at least a little interesting to you. The problem with the monster's initiative is that they are always either... They tend to be 0, 50, 100, or 10,000. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Except in very... I limited case. Yeah, I will definitely I will definitely alter them, but they are not on the same scale as power and toughness and hit points and stuff. Yeah. It could be linked to hit points. I mean, we could use the initiative as a multiplier. But being fast is not the same as being smart. No. Uh Glebe says Scully more versions of this forum post, please. <laughs> Lol. Um Better job to have, says I eat food, exobiologist. Come on, no deadlines or bosses questioning your work, or a non-lethal weapon tester, getting to tase and shoot rubber bullets at jackasses. Huh. I don't think you get to shoot... You shoot. You probably shoot pigs a lot of the time. You think or, or like frozen, or like uh, like frozen, dead chickens. Yeah, frozen there's big cubes people. of ballistic jello or whatever. <laughs> people that have, that, that have almost died of cancer that are cryogenically frozen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was part of the fine print on the contract that they didn't. Your body, sorry, your body's gonna get used for ballistic testing. <laughs> Did you see that video that I posted today of that guy that made the taser sword? Yes. No. <laughs> that How does that work? Awesome. Oh, it's pretty good. It's a stu- It's a taser. The hilt is a taser, and it is each of the prongs. It's not a taser. It's a stun gun, and okay. each of the prongs on the stun gun is attached to a sword blade, and the sword okay. blades are parallel to one another, but they have these little vinyl knobs keeping them spaced apart right and when you turn the taser on it, it is amazing like there are just it's like a magic sword that's like those little <laughs> bolts of electricity arcing between the blade and creating these big blue flashes whoa yeah i mean although it seems kind of like it, if you're already gonna stab somebody with a sword like why are you, i mean i mean i guess it also sort of disables them while you do that's a, it's kind of an unfair weapon right <laughs> unfair yeah i mean isn't that the whole point of weapons is no, to be unfair no, you, you can be longbows were like longbows are totally op man yeah that was bullshit <laughs> that's what like everybody agrees that the english were dicks <laughs> and still are what about uh what was it H- hadrian and the elephants was it hadrian no uh, hadrian was the wall yeah. uh hannibal hannibal and yeah. it was an h yeah. 
like elephants are totally op right uh, yeah, especially if you, you roll them down a mountain at a dude Sure. Mm. Sure. Oh yeah, man. You you like get jump off your elephant and cut the legs off your own elephant. <laughs> so you get you get four free like umbrella stands <laughs> and a deadly weapon. Well, just two. You'd only want to cut half the legs off the elephant. Oh, okay. Because right? you don't. Uh, otherwise, you don't know which way it's gonna roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's could just go straight up the hill. Ah, uh, man. Ballistic elephants. That's. Hmm. Uh, anyway, worst job Exobiologist that really, really believes in it Or non-lethal weapons tester Getting shot or tased I, I mean Wait, so what, like, what, what is your point about exobiologists? Like, they apparently are really important In every, like, movie Sci-fi movie that comes out And don't, practically don't exist in the real world Otherwise, right? Like, right, yeah there's like a handful of them, I'm guessing. I mean, I like to I like to only consider jobs that I could imagine Jeff Goldblum doing, mm. and Jeff Goldblum seems more like an exobiologist right. than than, mm. a, than a non-lethal weapon tester. What kind of uh, what kind of life forms can you uh, draw examples to based on the uh, pattern of water shifting in a glass? <clears throat> Is that a, like a Jurassic Park joke? Yes. Well, okay. not joke. It's sort of more of a question, really. Uh, dinosaurs? Those aren't. Those aren't really exo. Le- they are. They don't exist. Legless elephants. Uh, right, space elephants. Space They're just elephants. orbiting. Yeah, you cut two of the legs off, so you know which way they'll orbit. Mm-hmm. Huh? I was reading today about that hexagon on top of Saturn. There's a hexagon on top of Saturn. What? Yeah. Really? It's just a weird hexagonal storm. Really? Like, why is that a hexagon? A hexagon seems. Like a thing that could occur. Sure. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of, like, molecular structures that are hexagonal. Yeah. Yeah. Bees. Right? Bees like them. Space bees. Saturn is entirely oh, populated so with it. bees. One single space bee. It's like, oh. yeah, Saturn is my hive. I'm a hive of one. Wow. Yo soy el hive. Uh, edit, want to ask if you think the desert bus pass art looks like a hot dog to you. It took me months to realize what it really was. I just saw a hot dog and never thought anything of it. To be honest, I always say to myself, time to go buy that hot dog and adventure at the shore now. Lol. <laughs> to me, that's all it will ever be. I hope I have burned that into your mind now and that is all you see. No, it's based on, it's based on like the bus passes that I had when I was riding the bus a lot. What about the sugar boob fairy? Damn. What about the my eyes, combination? My eyes are, are my boobs. What about the combination dick and vagina buildings that uh, pan, the pandemo- pandemonium right. consists of? It's neither. It's not boobs. That fairy's not to have <laughs> boobs. It's eyes. God damn it. <laughs> uh, Dear Jick, says the lone goldfish, this is relevant to all interests. And then he links to wizardsofcheese.com. Yeah, this is a pretty weird website about wizards and cheese. Huh. Uh, I Eat Food says, Wife and I were discussing today and wanted your opinions. If you could kill off one species, emo or hipsters, neither, man. Because emo would, Phillips is rad. Who would and, listen to all the Morrissey? Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. People, people, I don't dislike hipsters. Yeah, like, I don't understand what all the hipster hate is all about. They're uh, good consumers. They And also not really a, they not don't really a real anybody. group. There are just like... It, it it just has become a word that you use to deride the style of young rational actors. I I mean the only thing that I dislike is people wearing stuff ironically that I would wear because I like that thing. <laughs> yeah, 
That was what Roy was pointing out when when my girlfriend told me that I looked like a hipster, and I was like, oh. What that meant was that hipsters have started to dress like me, not vice versa. Because right. everything I was wearing is something that I had owned for 10 years. Sure. So it didn't mean anything. Uh, more hardcore, rabble rouser or hooligan? Hmm. I think of hooligans as being dangerous and violent because they're from England. And you can't trust those <laughs> beady-eyed motherfuckers. Yeah, I feel like rabble rousers don't kill people. I also, a rabble rouser is much more focused. A rabble rouser has a goal, whereas a, a hooligan is just fucking shit up. I mean, what are they trying to rouse some rabble? Yeah, well, that is what it means. Well, but like, what is a rab? What is rabble? Rabble is like a crowd. The the uh, the, the the rank and file population. The rabble is them, and then a rabble rouser is somebody who is trying to, like a like a revolutionary, like somebody who is trying to rouse, rouse the rabble in revolt. Well, in that, when you say it that way, it makes them seem all like superheroes. Yeah, they're like Che Guevara. They hate gays. <laughs> um, I saw a thing on the internet that said apparently Che Guevara was like, yeah, kill all the gays, because they're gay. Huh. Hero! That's what they say. Uh, more fun to say, pontificate or persnickety? Persnickety. Persnickety, pontificate, persnickety. Yeah, I gotta go persnickety. is fun to say, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it depends on the context a little bit, because persnickety doesn't really mean a whole lot, and pontificate can have some, some import, but... Persnickety does mean something. I don't think I know what it means. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I have to say to that. It really satisfies. Glebe says, so I was wearing my lime shirt at Joko Cruise Crazy and somebody in an elevator asked me about it. I explained it and somebody else in the elevator spoke up and said he didn't recognize it because he was new and only a low-level sorcerer. Yes, apparently new people are still finding KOL. Nice. Right now it only shows up in the Daily Dungeon sometimes. The Sabertooth Lime is one of the most iconic early monsters in the game, right up there with the Cannabis Asparagus and the completely different spider. Do you think it's weird that one of the most popular creatures in KOL is hidden away in such an obscure part of the game? It's not that obscure. You eventually realize its importance. And it's also a pet. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's not just a monster. <laughs> and it's just a, shunk, a, a shrunk down 100 by 100 shunked. graphic. Yeah, it's shrunk down. <laughs> so I was on the subway the other day, and one end of the car, the guy was wearing a parachute, and the other end was a guy wearing a quiver full of arrows. <laughs> I thought to myself, a lot of back items on this train. This is WB O'Quine. <laughs> So how about a parachute back at him and a quiver back at him? How about you find a different train? I think, I think you were on some sort of weird Different train? Army. This sounds like an awesome train. It's like the superhero yeah, like, train. How do you know that the guy was wearing a parachute? Was it already deployed? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Just covering up all the people in the row of seats behind him. He right. was on like some special otaku train. <laughs> I mean, it's like that's like getting on a on public transit heading towards a convention center where a comic con is happening, right? That's just your well, where a comic con is happening in a big airplane. Sure. <laughs> uh, Fred Levi says, "What if there was a challenge path where you couldn't attack or use combat skills, and your only way of doing damage was with combat items or familiars? I think that would be real tedious." Yeah, I kept hearing condoms instead of combat items. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only way to do damage is with condoms. You'd well, run yeah, out of combat items pretty can't quick. You can't use condoms, so you're just gonna. It's just like the STD path. Well, you get one of those familiars that turns food into combat items. Uh. You know, one of those. <laughs> the ballistic turder. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. 
Uh, SF Warlock says, why can't Jarlsberg manually convert food to calories using the pan? I'd really like to get rid of these 12 extra hot wings. So the reason that we did not let the pan be used to manually convert things into calories is because that dramatically changes the sort of possibility space of what can be done with it in a way that we didn't want to have to mess with balancing around. Yeah, this was an attempt to have the tiniest bit of enforced rarity. So that you couldn't just buy urinal cakes and convert them and we didn't have to do the thing where it's like, well, if this is available in an NPC store, it can't be converted into calories or whatever. And because... So there that you are, can't just buy are, up all of the billions of cheap yeah, food items in the mall. Nine and, years and of sink the cheap food market. drops, cottage cheese bowls. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's why. We talked about it and just decided not to. Lightwolf says, could Ascension History track how many perm skills you have when you break the prism and come in handy if players are trying to self-host contests for zero skill runs or divide people into tiers for player-hosted contests? Yeah. That didn't used to be important, really, because it was... Always Derivable. the number of ascensions, yeah. And now that is actually a valid thing that would probably be worth doing. Glebe says, I was listening to old Thursday shows from like three years ago, and Riff mentioned something about a card game based on the Puppy Smashing Factory. Whatever happened to this? <laughs> oh, I thought the Puppy wow. Smashing Factory was hilarious, and I'd love to see something come of it. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Hopefully I still have my notes somewhere. <laughs> Uh, Orbursa says, which has sunk more meat, the Raffle House or the MMG? Any idea of approximate ratios, assuming oh. you're willing to share? We don't actually have logs of how much meat the Raffle House has sunk. Do we not? I don't think so. I mean, we could reconstruct them based on all the player logs of purchasing raffle tickets, but I don't think... Like, with the MMG, there is just a global flag that gets incremented with the house cut every time. And it's like tens of tens of billions yeah. of meat at this point. So it's... I don't know. I really... I don't know how to say. I mean, interest in the raffle house has gone way down. I mean, people still do it, but it's definitely not the meat sink that once it was. Right. I mean, if we just added some different stuff to it. Sure. It'd be one thing, but it's... You know, maybe it would be interesting if we just put existing rare items in it at random. Oh, so you'd still check it? You know, it sunk a lot of meat when... Like we did that thing where we disabled that. Yeah, yeah. we could. I mean, large scale scammer. A thing where somebody would win a mystery prize, and it, it could be a dark Jill, or it could be a you know seal clubbing club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that would be a way to get there to be at least some potentially more interest in it. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. There are a lot of items, and not a lot of them are good. Sure. Sure. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying just pick an ra- item at random. Here is whatever you need to win the game. <laughs> uh, Dar says, thanks for the recent update adding the Karma for first runs of old seasonal challenge pass. I was wondering, though, why not conform to the standard of Karma for challenge path established long before the seasonal paths were implemented once the paths are out of season? Specifically thinking of the dietary challenge path. Once a seasonal challenge path is out of season, it can drop from the normal 150 hardcore to softcore to a simple 23 like booze and teeth. Well, because they are often significantly easier than normal rather than being harder than normal. Right? So, like, it doesn't make any sense for them to all be the same unless they are all the same at zero. Right. 
Uh, Wax says, Boris gets trusty and you can buy his helmet as an item of the month. Jarlsberg gets his hat and you can buy his pan as an item of the month. Pete has sunglasses in a basket. Which one is the item of the month? Please say glasses and please make them the Deus Ex item of the month. Yeah, I don't even know what it would do. Make you really good at basketball? <laughs> and shooting dudes with tranquilizer darts? Uh, Bastion item of the month, Kale Hammer plus K-O-L Hammer. Ah, Kale Hammer equals K-O-L. It can narrate your combats for you. Don't dare tell me you haven't played Bastion. I played a little bit of it. It would be... It would be awesome if we just enabled a mode of K-O-L where it was voiceovers. Oh, man. <laughs> if... I, man, I need to find out if Unity has a... Browser has a text to speech plugin hmm. that you can do because I so want to make a dear Esther with randomly generated <laughs> text. Interesting. And yeah, it, uh, yeah, oh man, <sighs> be so good. Hmm. Uh, we just do a text to speech on the on with of KOL, right? I mean, it's just blind. It'd be like, oh, this is like you're blind. This is the blind man's bluff path. Except it's like being a real blind guy who has to get really frustrated every time we add something that we think is cool and we realize, oh, fuck. This is going to make a goddamn bit of sense if you can't see it. We're terrible. Would you consider, continues Whack, path-pullable items of the month, uh, for example, Boris's helm, that can also be pulled in certain appropriate past and future challenge paths? If you ever made a challenge path, you are literally a bear. Being able to pull bear arms would be nice, plus the whole market speculation thing. Hey, this is a piece of gear. I can just buy it in the mall, but it might become really useful and expensive in a later challenge path. Huh. I recently got back into the Boris jockstrap, okay? Boris is awesome. <laughs> I don't like the lack of personality in Jarlsburg. Boris had Clancy, and whenever Boris encountered a path restriction, he'd work around it by A, hitting something really hard, or B, shouting at it. How did you come up with the design and restrictions of Jarlsburg? I really like the concept behind B's hate. It was a challenge path because it was entirely restrictive, but with entertaining and logical workarounds for systems where the restrictions were unworkable. Uh, the vegan challenge path, back and forth, a few months back, was absolutely incredible, and I feel bad for people who missed out on it. Uh, oh, just the discussion on the radio show. Hmm. Yeah, Jarlsberg, I like it mechanically, but it... Doesn't have quite as much, like, It, it doesn't have the flavor, because Josh got involved in it really, really late. Hmm. Um, and so there just wasn't much... There wasn't much opportunity for somebody who's actually good at writing to spend a bunch of time writing on it. I wonder about Sneaky Pete, because I feel like that's the last one... In part because it's the one that you have the less, the least sort of definite ideas about. Yeah, although I mean, I'm doing them in. You're just doing them in stat in order. Stat sure. order, but. Have you played FTL yet? Says Whack. You know, you should listen to our other podcast, and then you would know that. Yeah, we played the shit out of it like six months ago. Uh, that soundtrack is addicting. I was going really well, and I forgot to teleport my boarding party back. I lost the next turn. Yeah, that sucks. That'll happen. That's why you never play with boarding. Parties. Is it turn-based? Like No, it's totally real-time. Ah, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, what software do you guys use to animate stuff like Hodgman? I wanted to make you a GIF for Sneaky Pete because I had an awesome idea, so I went to make it and then show it to you. I'm asking this as a person who has no skill or experience in drawing or animating. Photoshop, primarily. Yeah. When I make animated GIFs, I use Jask Animation Shop Pro. Really? Wow. Yeah, it's just the animation sweet, sweet, uh that comes with Paint Shop Pro. Huh. Yeah. Photoshop CS6. Yeah, you do all the you do all the animations now, so, so it's fine. I also just now found out the meaning behind Riff's name. 
the meaning. Name. Meaning? <laughs> Listen to those trains. We're in a city with real public transit. I I I so doubt that any of our listeners can hear the trains. I bet they can. I hear the train coming. Chugga it's chugga 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 chugga. No, that isn't how it goes. Ralph Red says, you spoke briefly about sales and discounts a few radio shows ago. I don't remember the context, but I do remember that it made me wonder whether you'd ever consider having a sale on Mr. A's. I know it would encourage me to spend more actual money. I'd also like to thank you for all the new content, revamps, and updates in the last 18 months or so. The game just keeps getting better, and I enjoy playing it every day. You really are very good at this. Oh. Well, we've been doing it for a long time, so we've had a lot of practice. We've had our 10,000 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and then some. Yeah. Um, I don't I- know. I cannot about. imagine ever having a sale on Mr. A's. You can't? I can't. I can't imagine ever deciding to... Like, I could imagine doing it. I just can't imagine ever deciding that it would be a good idea. Yeah, I guess that's what I mean. Like, it's... I mean, it's not that hard to imagine it happening, right? <laughs> Whoops. Freeman says, On Thursday the 28th, you said you were worried about people not being able to complete the Monster Man well if you do a world event. Now, I didn't say I was worried about that, because I'm not worried about that, because I don't personally care. Yeah, there's no, there's no <laughs> such thing as completing the Monster yeah. Man well. Uh, to solve this, why not just create a dungeon of obsolete monsters? Yeah, sure. Uh, also, have you ever thought about implementing karma sinks? No, because, like, I know that there are people who have a lot of karma, and it would be nice for those people if there was something you could do with it. Well, I mean, we have had we ideas for things that you could buy with extra karma that don't even show up until you've done a dozen ascensions or whatever, but we just haven't gotten around to it. We talked about, like, tattoos and other cosmetic stuff. Yeah. Familiar. Uh, Lord Hack says, hey, guys, Jarlsberg's pan isn't a sweet sword, but it is pretty sweet. A few questions about the design. One. How did you decide to make it an offhand item? Did you notice without guild access, Jarlsberg has few offhand options, or did you just realize that his hat and weapon slots were pretty much taken up by stuff you get from the path and decide based on that? Or was it just time for an offhand item of the month? Chef staff. Yeah, you know, it was because I primarily wanted him to be wielding the pan in one hand and a chef staff in the other. I... Why did did you not make it a switch pan so that it had a blade that popped out of it? (laughs) I am tempted to Then he'd have switch pan hands. (laughs) Oh, man, riff. (laughs) I'm tempted to make all utensils offhand items instead hmm. of weapons. Because I don't think a lot of people use them as weapons. And the, the utensil is sort of the orb of KOL. Okay. Right. It is definitely It definitely holds that sort of thematic place while not the current mechanical place. Yeah. Um, Cookbooks are yeah, also orb, yeah. orbs and offhand. Yeah, you're right. Uh, again, Jarlsberg's pan is great, and I'm excited for the path that I bought the item right away without checking what it did or anything. I'm super happy with my purchase, but the extra power it provides to a pretty hard path is odd. What's the difference in your guys' eyes between somebody buying the pan to speed up their runs and buying the bucket? I don't have anything against the bucket or those who buy it, but you present it as something you don't intend to be used while you seem to want to encourage people to buy the pan. I'm just curious. Is the fact that you can get everything the bucket provides by playing the game or something else? Yeah, no, it's absolutely... I mean, the, the bucket saves... The bucket makes you as powerful as you could be if you'd spent a bunch of time on it. Right. The pan makes you as powerful as you get by buying a powerful thing. Yeah. yeah. Three, can you talk a little bit about the design of it? What were the first things you thought of giving it? What did you consider the killer app for the pan? Well, the killer app for the pan to me was the plus one conjuration because in the initial design, mm. all of the things that you jiggle the high-end chef staves for were things that consumed a cosmic food. Yeah, they were all like potions. For a while. Well, they were. Half of them were potions, and half of them were... 
So like basically the spheres all got added pretty late in the game to Jarlsberg's skill trees. And they replaced uh, potion effects, mutually exclusive potion effects that you would get by consuming some of the cosmic fruits. The chef staves were added, you know, earlier, but still pretty late in the game. And those did the things that... Like, the cosmic fruit was just a combat item that did, you know, two or three hundred of each element in damage when you used it. But I realized that I made the actual sort of turn gen aspects of them way too precious Mm. to really get away with that. And so the the pan was going to be a big deal, and the extra conjurations from that passive skill were going to be a big deal because they really made you a lot more powerful. Um Anyway, says uh, so. Then so what was the, what was the killer app, and what was added after the fact because you didn't think it was cool enough? The food conjuration is great. The damage resistance makes up for a big weakness Jarlsberg has, and the plus two miss stats for fight really encouraged to go in with a chef staff and pan instead of unarmed with a shiny halo, which is really cool. But I want to know what you guys were thinking when you gave it each, each of its effects. Um, did we end up taking off the? We did. It it had one level of resistance that we removed mm-hmm. and put it in a potion yep. instead. Because we were like, you know what, this is good enough without that. The the damage reduction was... It's a whole new class of enchantment. Yeah, that is that is now just a generalized thing that we can put on other stuff. I don't know that we're going to, really, but... Um, that was an idea that I had for a, for a Turtle Tamer... For the Turtle Tamer revamp. Was a, a thing where you take less or no damage the first time the enemy hits you. But... Uh, we did that because it was a way of increasing survivability without just piling on more initiative because we felt like putting initiative on the pan or putting initiative in one of the potions that the pan gave you made it less fun to manage the initiative. Yeah, like having having a constraint that actually became interesting. Yeah, like nice. This is a, this is a thing that might make you decide to not use a radish horse, not because it just replaces the radish horse, but because it makes up for the absence of the radish horse in a different way. And that I that was just more interesting to me than right than you know just saying ah oh, just do this and then it will get rid of this problem that you have where you have to get to jump all the time. And part of part of the thing is that's interesting is like getting launching these these items of the month a couple weeks into the challenge path, you get to see how people are playing and, and like what... Yeah, like what would make this... What would preserve the spirit of these challenges but right. be worth getting just from a, like, ease standpoint? The plus stats, um, you know, that just went in when we were talking to Dev about, like, what would make this situationally relevant as a pull outside of Jarlsberg? And... You know, it was being compared to the Pilgrim Shield, right? right? And this was like, well, so now this is better than the Pilgrim Shield for missed classes, worse than the Pilgrim Shield for other classes, potentially. So, like, you know, this is a thing that maybe you will use sometimes in the future. Right. Um, I had suggested adding summons for noodles and reagents to it as another, like, just outside of mm-hmm. the Ellsberg thing, and I think you decided not to do that. Yeah, I mean... Because, like, once you do that, you can never go back, right? Sure. Like So it, it was... The more things that mess with that, the less I'm able to mess with it in the context of a revamp anyway, mm. too, right? So That's true. Um, but yeah, that's a good question, Lord Hack. That was, we hadn't really talked about that. Strong Bad's fan asks why the king calls Boris a skank. Um, 
Let's see. Wirt Perch says, like so many others, I'm really enjoying playing Age of Jarlsberg and I'm really looking forward to my next run. One thing I do miss though is access to my familiars on my profile. Perhaps this is just vanity, but having taken care to name them carefully, quirkily, and cleverly, I still want to show them off. Uh, I've also been known to enjoy how other players have named their familiar and that minor pleasure is denied me if they're doing Jarlsberg. Huh, is that true? I don't remember explicitly changing the profile. If you don't have a familiar out, can you still see that they have a terrarium? Oh, I guess not. Yeah, it doesn't link to their terrarium because that Huh. You could just change that, theoretically. Yeah, I could. Uh, Turing says, with level 8 revamp, the six tiny wedges of goat cheese joke from Jacking's huge Matron isn't as funny anymore. Could you change <laughs> it to three tiny wedges of goat cheese or change the description to double damn it? Yeah. What's the deal with airplane food? I mean, the miniature boiler, uh, says Glebes, the semi-rare from Twin Peak. Glebes is the semi-rare from Twin Peaks. Does it have some secret <laughs> use the community hasn't found yet? Does it unlock one of the seven undiscovered trophies? Or is it just a case of some semi-rares are better than others? Yeah, I mean, there was just, there wasn't a hot damage semi-rare. Hmm. So we made one. I don't know. I think that was... That was, was your rationale? Riff's idea. Uh, the Lone Goldfish says, Listening to the 214 show, and you mentioned the challenge path are getting in the way of things like the sea. So what if you made a challenge path dependent on the sea? Now that there are no hard stat thresholds, you could just give people a plus 100% minus 200% stat buff at around level 11 and replace that in the level 12 quest with the sea content. Uh, I mean, a challenge path that took place entirely after the regular game... Would be potentially kind of interesting, I guess. Yeah, it's just on a related note. Have you thought of challenge paths where you start people at something other than level one? Huh. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of content to write, you know. Yeah. And it depends on how long you want it to what be. What about a Benjamin Button challenge path where you start at level 13 and do all the quests in reverse order? I think. And just subtract all the experience idea. games? In theory, yeah. it would actually end up Being just prompting a lot unpleasant. of really obnoxious, fiddly bullshit that you had to do that wouldn't be any fun. Yeah, I mean... You know, we never did... Like, people say, hey, why haven't you done something like the inflatable dodecapede again? And it's like, well, because it's kind of bullshit. If you accidentally ground out a bunch of XP without doing the last, or, well, in this case, first couple of quests, you could potentially make it impossible to finish yeah I guess sure Lokiator says uh, will the blank tattoo make a return someday or are those of us who didn't rush to complete a final boss outfit SOL from a collector score standpoint uh, god damn it I'm just gonna delete all those I'm I, was, just gonna I delete feel like that's the, the way to deal yeah, with it is yeah. Yeah. But, but that's the thing like that is that's anytime we do an outfit that doesn't have a tattoo it's gonna happen again you know like yeah and knowing how much you, you know i should tattoos. just make the artist uh, actually check to see if that exists because i don't think to look at that there have been those outfits in there with no data for so long that i don't remember like oh, are there four outfits or are there three, three. like what number means there are three <laughs> what number means we have work to do yep uh and it's although that's gonna change three. this month that is gonna change this month yeah uh, Bahu says, I would just like to say that Jarlsberg's inability to make any booze that wasn't a horrifying catastrophe <laughs> is pretty amazing in light of the fact that Jick was forcibly keeping himself sober for all of February. Willpower <laughs> is learning to trick yourself indeed. Yeah. Yeah. God, I love beer. <laughs> this has been so great. 
This has been the greatest week of my life. <laughs> I, had a, I had a good beer at dinner. I had a, it was a, an American double IPA called Lagunitas Sucks. Mm. <clears throat> Which is pretty funny. Glebe says, Jick, I'm glad you got a chance to really stretch your chef staff making legs in Jarlsberg. I thought the staff jiggling mechanic was cool, but I was underwhelmed by what the previous ones did. These all feel appropriately awesome, and they're a great way to sneak in sought after mechanics without cluttering the skill tree. Yeah. That's, uh, that's relevant to what we were talking about earlier. Yep. Because I still wanted him to have those abilities, you know, and the chef staves were just like, yeah. Most of the jiggles are not day limited, are they? Half of them are. The the Half lower of, the lower tier. The, in oh, the you're saying game. in the re, in the regular game? No, none of yeah. it. No, there are no limited okay. use. That's that's jiggles. what I was. Yeah. That's anytime there's something on a daily counter, Elrond gets mad. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand that. I that frustration. sort of understand it. It's just another thing to keep track of, right? Well, like, if you are the kind of person that insists on keeping track of everything, it's another thing to keep track of. Yeah, okay, if you're. Yeah, I am a I am a person who sympathizes and empathizes with optimizers, so you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue when they have complaints. Oh, I am. <laughs> I yell at them all the time. All right, well, guys, uh, it's been it's been a real thrill doing this Kingdom of Loathing podcast oh, yeah? with you. Yeah, that's all the questions though. Oh wow. We have nothing else to talk about except every other video game. So stay tuned dun, dun, dun. <laughs> for the next episode of Video Games Hot Dog, which we're going to record in like a minute. Woo! We're going to record in exactly the amount of time Schmitty's been trying to hit that. Bye, everyone. See you. Have a great week, everybody.